This is Marriage to the Max, episode number 111. Welcome to another episode of Marriage to the Max. I'm your host, Kelly Hurst. Well, hello, 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 hello. <laughs> this is Brett you Hurst. You had to put one extra hello I in. I had to one up you. Me. This is Brett Hurst. And we're marriage educators and co-founders of Home Encouragement. And this podcast is designed to help you take your marriage to the next level. Well, 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 well. At least we hope. Well, today's episode is called No Time Like the Present. Hmm. Now, we're not going to be talking about presents today. We're going to be talking about time. It's not a Christmas episode. No. We're going to be talking about time today. Now, Brett, you'll especially appreciate this. Time. Remember the 1981 Alan Parsons Mm -hmm. Project song? Absolutely. The lyric was, time Time. is flowing like a river. (laughs) Sing it, baby. To the sea, which is kind of a sad (laughs) lyric. (laughs) Or maybe just the melody sad. I don't know. I actually like that song, but the lyric just kind of makes me sad. That's a great song. But it's very, very true. Time is one of those commodities that most of us wish we had more of. Well, that's definitely true. Brett, I know you and I, most evenings we will finish our workday and be like, I got so much done, but I could easily just do like, have another three days of like that and it still not have enough time to get everything done. put three days into one day. And I know a lot of couples deal with this. And so with all of the things that we have to do in a given day, in a given week, how do we really find the time to invest in our relationship. Mm -hmm. And as we're recording this, we're still in the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Hopefully we're seeing some light at the end of the tunnel. I think we're six months in now. Mm -hmm. And some days for us, the way we do things now, it seems like we have less time. In other ways, it seems like we have more flexibility. Yeah. And a lot of couples that we're hearing from, because we've been doing a lot of two-on-two work Mm -hmm. with uh, couples on virtual sessions, but they are realizing that they're with each other a lot, Mm -hmm. proximity, but they're not always proactive in making the best of that time. Some couples are learning how to do that really well. Mm -hmm. Other couples aren't. And so we just say when it comes to time, it's kind of the great equalizer Mm -hmm. because no matter how old or young you are, no matter where you are, rich or poor, we're all given the same amount of time and every day to do with it what we're going to do. I found an interesting quote online, and I forgive me, I can't remember actually who said this, but it's, I think it is very true. Overcommitment and exhaustion are the most insidious and pervasive marriage killers you will ever encounter as a couple. Boy, that's certainly anecdotally what we've experienced with couples this, this year. Yeah, whether it's just finding time for a date experience, finding time for sex, finding time. People are trying to dig and find their energy. They're trying to just like get their motivation. Mm -hmm. And I think part of it is what we're going to talk about a little bit on this episode is we're so conditioned to giving each other our leftovers, Mm. but that's for a later part of the the show. So we'll get there. Mm -hmm. So here's something interesting. According to the Office for National Statistics, couples on average spend about two 
hours a day together, including weekends. But that time is largely spent watching TV, which they say takes up about a third of their time spent together. Nothing wrong with watching TV, but just interesting that that takes up a third of their time. It's a lot. And then eating together, doing housework together, and I think there's some other, you know, some other things that they do kind of shoulder to shoulder together. So it's not factoring in sleep, I guess. No, it's not factoring in sleep. And it's not really, it's interesting that out of all that time, there was nothing on the list about just having date experience or face-to-face uninterrupted kind of conversation. Hmm. So when you contrast that to Willard Harley, who's a leading marriage author, pioneer, he recommends couples spend a minimum of 15 hours per week giving each other undivided attention. And you know why? Because time is flowing like a river. river. To the sea. To Thank the you. sea. And I'm sure that will not be the last time that lyric is revisited in this episode. You so never know. It's interesting here. You, you know, you look at the national statistics number. Okay, that comes out to about 14 hours a week. But that none of that is, or very little of that is undivided attention. Mm-hmm. Willard Harley's recommendation is 15 hours a week. And that's just of undivided attention. That's not of housework and you know, eating together necessarily, unless you're going to eat and give each other undivided attention. I don't so you're know. saying it's not counting the side by side, shoulder to shoulder stuff. shoulder work. Yeah. Right. And so this kind of made me wonder if we need to kind of think about how we talk about the term undivided attention. Mm-hmm. I kind of wonder if we need to rename it or retool it mm-hmm. because, I mean, Brett, you and I know couples who they'll say, Cuddling up on the couch and watching television at night is mm-hmm. one of their highlights of their week. I mean, mm-hmm. they love that. And maybe they're not face-to-face talking about their relationship, but it's very good quality time for them. Hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Kind of. So, like, I'm not – I just – I don't want to, like, minimize and say, well, if you're sitting on the couch watching TV, that doesn't count. Right. I think it's kind of like the Zoom phenomenon during the COVID era that we're in. What do you mean by that? Well, so most all of us have gotten into some kind of Zoom routine because of the potential benefits that it can bring and helping keep us connected when we're supposed to be social distancing and so forth. Uh-huh. And I was talking about this with a friend at lunch today uh-huh. about, because I know he and I both are in meeting after meeting, and then you and I do all these counseling appointments on top of all that. Uh-huh. And just the demeanor that people now, months and months into this Zoom routine, have in certain Zoom settings. Mm. So if you're in a, a board meeting or a staff meeting or something on Zoom, you know, now that people are several months at the time of this recording into that routine, mm-hmm. you see a lot of people kind of looking around, looking out the window, looking at their computers, looking at their... Checking their phone. Checking their phone and all that kind of... They're there, mm-hmm. you know, but they're not necessarily giving that undivided attention. Huh. Uh, the reason why that came up is because I was... This person was asking me about counseling, and I said, well, counseling, I've got to give my totally divided attention sure. to be effective. And the couple that we're working with is giving us their undivided attention. <laughs> Typically, yeah. <laughs> usually. Yeah. Yeah. No, they are. So anyway, it's just kind of an interesting parallel to that yeah. is that you can, I mean, it's still helpful to be on a Zoom call, even if you're kind of half checked in, half checked out. There's mm-hmm. some benefit of it, but there's yeah. a whole lot more benefit when you can remain locked in. Yeah. 
to to a meeting or a counseling appointment or right. something. Right. And I have heard a lot of people say they've got Zoom fatigue. I'm not one of those people just because because I don't have to do Zoom every single day and mm-hmm. I don't typically have to do it multiple times a day. Mm-hmm. I'm probably on a Zoom meeting, I don't know, two or three times a week. Most of your Zoom is doing the counseling, the counseling with me. Yeah. yeah, that kind of stuff. Um, and we've learned how to do that a certain way. Mm-hmm. Early the first month or two, this is more than people care to know, <laughs> but that first month or two, we were getting, or at least I was getting headaches yeah. on the front part of my forehead from doing counseling on Zoom too intently, mm-hmm. you know, where you're just overplaying that focus thing. Yeah. Because I'm used to doing that from years and years of doing that in my office or or here at the house or wherever mm-hmm. we do that. There's a certain way you have to kind of relax a little bit yeah. so that you don't get those headaches. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you're right. It's a different kind of focus. Mm-hmm. And it, I guess it requires different kind of skill focus set. muscles. Yeah. Skill <laughs> you know? set. Yeah. So bottom line is this. Most couples we know say they don't have enough time together. Mm-hmm. Right now, what couples are saying is even though they're together a lot, they don't necessarily have a lot of emotional connection. They're not maybe in tune with each other. Hmm. Maybe they're doing pretty well, particularly couples who have children at home mm-hmm. who are maybe managing having to homeschool and right. all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's a different part of your relationship than you know really coming together and making sure like eye to eye, face to face, how are we doing? Yeah, more intentionality toward building intimacy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So even when you're too busy or too exhausted, we've got to find the how to invest in our relationship in a way that's going to work for us. And so this much we know, you cannot sustain love without time invested. Think about the closest friendships that you have. Mm-hmm. You know, if you just never had time for those people, those friendships probably wouldn't stay very strong or very close. And you know why? Why? Because time is flowing like a river. I can't believe I fell right into that. <laughs> to the sea. Couples don't fall in love without spending time together, and mm-hmm. they don't stay in love without investing time that is true. in each other. So here's how you know if you're too busy to have a happy marriage. Okay? I'm, I'm, if these things are present, then you might need to look at some... You have my undivided attention. Thank you. Number one, the days flow from one to another without any kind of markers. The days flow from one to another without any kind of markers. Mm -hmm. What are you calling markers? Well, just moments of connection. Moments of, you know how we talk about the three points of connection Mm -hmm. in a typical married couple's day, Mm -hmm. which we've said before, but if you're new to the podcast, it's typically when you say goodbye in the morning, Mm -hmm. when you reunite at the end of a work day, typically, Mm -hmm. and then when you say goodnight when you're going to sleep. Right. And so we always tell couples, try to, at the very least, make those three moments count. Mm -hmm. Just make them something that are it's a it's a marker. Right. It's a memorable marker. Yeah. Well, what pops in my head there, too, is the, a closing of each day, a summary of each mm-hmm. day. I, I, for some reason, I think about that, you know, the rising of the sun and the going down the same, you mm-hmm. know, that there's a beginning and uh-huh. an end to each day. There's a there's a rhythm. Yes. That we want to be involved in, mm-hmm. you know, instead of just nonstop. Like back in the days when I worked in recording studios Mm -hmm. and since there were no windows and we had some projects that went 20, 24 hours and I would look up the clock and say it's two o'clock. And you wouldn't know if it was a.m. or p.m. Is it a.m. or (laughs) p.m.? Right. So because there had not been a marker 
that ended one day, we just kind of went on to the next day. Yeah. Well, when I, I've noticed when we work with couples and we'll ask, you know, just kind of simple questions like, when was the last time you went out together without the kids? And if there's just this kind of malaise look on their face, like we really, I don't know when that was. Kids? That's a a couple that that doesn't have markers. You know, you've got to, you just have to have some things that are sort of marking moments in your day, in your week. So it sounds like you need to have intentional uh, moments scheduled into your Mm -hmm. day Mm -hmm. to make sure you kind of pull back from work, Mm -hmm. relax process a little bit with each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm a big believer in creating some kind of a schedule for most of your days or your weeks that help you build in time for relaxing, for being together without the kids. Mm -hmm. You know, we tell couples all the time, whatever your shared time is, for most couples, it's in the evening, Mm -hmm. but not everyone's on that schedule. But let's just assume you've got the evenings, you know, as a family or as a couple. But to your point, it could be mornings. Yeah, but decide what those shared times are going to look like. What are your values in your shared time at home Mm -hmm. and then build those priorities into blocks of time. Mm -hmm. So what we tell couples is, you know, come up with, if you can come up with a set bedtime for your kids Mm -hmm. and then let you and your husband have that next hour to just talk, have a glass of wine, you know, have sex or, you know, I mean, whatever it's going <laughs> to I like that. Your favorite. <laughs> right. But, well, and to your point, you, you kind of have to hold this loosely because yeah. Murphy's Law, I mean, all sure. kinds of things are going to happen. But. Oh, my gosh. And and I have to say this. I can't remember if I said this on the last episode or not, but, you know, we watch our grandbabies a lot mm-hmm. and we love every second of it. Every we single second. have forgotten how tiring it is. <laughs> and so anytime they leave our house or we leave their house, like there's just this feeling of, oh, I love this so much. Mm-hmm. And now I'm so exhausted, uh-huh. you know. And well, it's so, like going to the pool anytime in your life, mm-hmm. for at least for me. One of the great joys of my life, going to the pool, going to the <laughs> beach. And it's great. It's great when you're doing it. And when you're done, you're exhausted. Yeah. And it was great. Yeah. But I'm worn but out. You're tired. You know? Yeah, exactly. And I'll do it again tomorrow. Yeah. But, you know. But even though you are tired, you know, build in something. You might need, after you put your kids down to bed, you may need 30 minutes to just go and like chill, you know, take a bubble bath or, you know, play a game on your phone or something. But at least find some time in your shared time where you're checking in with your spouse, you're talking about important things. And again, that doesn't necessarily have to be an every single night kind of thing, Mm -hmm. but at least build it in over a few times a week to where you've got those markers and your days are not just flowing one to another. And there's nothing been celebrated. There's nothing been marked. There's no occasion that's been appreciated. So you're talking about installing some general sense of schedule and routine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So number two, here's how you know if you're too busy to have a happy marriage. You feel completely overextended and exhausted all the time. Hmm. Yes. We definitely have our seasons mm-hmm. when we're working a little too much or we, you know, stressed out, whatever. But I think if, if we're looking at an overarching you know, pattern. Yeah. I wouldn't say that's our pattern Mm -hmm. or at least when we find ourselves in that space, we try not to stay in that for too long. If we can help it, we kind of catch ourselves and go, Hey, we're getting into 
a dangerous pattern. Yeah. And so you may need to reevaluate your commitments. You might need to let go of some things. You know, I don't know how many times I've said to people lately that the word no is a complete sentence. (laughs) You know, if someone asks you to volunteer at something and you really don't have the bandwidth to do it. You can just say no. You don't need a long list of qualifiers. No. And and you don't no. need to defend that no. Sometimes it's just no. You know, I can't I don't have the time right now or you know. So anyway, so if you're just always overextended, always overcommitted and have just no time to really invest in what you say is important to you. Yeah, then, there's one I'm sorry. Go ahead. No. Well, as I was say there's one of those time management gurus from the last 20 or 30 years that says say learn to say no to your tongue bleeds <laughs> Ooh, that is like <laughs> that is intense <laughs> well you know what i mean just that this is that important yeah you know to be it successful is. in your life to be successful as a leader to be mm-hmm. successful as somebody that's running the way <laughs> winning the sorry elmer fudd <laughs> running the race to win yeah you know you have to be able to say you can't say yes to everything no you can't And I learned this, I remember back about eight years ago when our youngest left the nest and I had been sort of waiting to be able to say yes to everything I was asked to do. I was really just like chomping at the bit to join every Bible study and help out with this and start this and da 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 da. As soon as our son leaves, you'll be able to do all that is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. That's what you were planning. Was I not clear on that? Yeah. And so when he left, I remember just sort of filling up my calendar. Uh And a couple of months into that season, I was like, what? Am I? I don't want to be this busy. <laughs> right. Like, just because I don't have any kids at home, that had always been kind of my built-in uh-huh. reason for. Well, I'm not going to overextend myself because I want to be home with the kids. Da, 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 da. Then they were gone, and I was like, "Hey, I have no reason." Except I did have a reason. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted my own time mm-hmm. to be what it was going to be, and and I prioritized certain things around not being overcommitted. So it sounds like we not only have to know how to say no to others, Mm -hmm. but we have to say no to ourselves sometimes. Sometimes. Uh, Because this is the thing I've learned after 33 years this month of wedded bliss. Marriage. (laughs) Marriage is that there is no one on the planet other than you and your spouse who will prioritize your marriage for you. That is so true. Your kids sure won't. Right. <laughs> your grandbabies won't. Your employer won't. Your employer won't. Your neighbors won't. Right. Your, the school PTA won't. Right. No one is going to tell you, you know what? You need to really invest. <laughs> Except maybe you and me. Right. The hearse will tell you <laughs> to invest in your marriage. Yeah. And I mean, there's a composite of things that as an individual, you know, you're going to want to do in your life, whatever your personal goals are. And, mm-hmm. and marriage is going to fall wherever you prioritize that. But still, it, it's just the way it is. If, the, mm-hmm. if Like you said earlier, if you don't invest time in your marriage, then your marriage is going to suffer. Uh-huh. It's going it's going to show effects of not investing that time yeah. and that priority. Yeah. All right. Number three, how you know you're too busy to have a happy marriage is if the date experiences are few and far between. Now, I took you out last night. Yes, you did. We've had some good date nights lately, pretty fairly regular, too. Hooray. Hooray. And again, you know, I feel like we need to say this till we're blue in the face. That doesn't have to be an expensive, go get the babysitter, 
you know, paint the town red kind of experience. It I'm can all be for that. Meeting for lunch. <laughs> it can be having coffee together. It can just be sitting on the couch and talking after the kids go to bed. We were clipping those coupons in our early years That's right. and having a good time. Okay, number four, how to know if you're too busy to have a happy marriage. You and your partner only communicate about the daily grind. Mm. What Uh, is the daily grind, Brett? You mean just our personal Mm -hmm. routine and the work schedule and and the list and the home improvement We got to go to Home Depot. (laughs) All that stuff, yeah. You know, just bills and work and not that all of that's not important. No, and you can even make that fun, but you don't want that to be the Mm -hmm. center of your relationship. Yeah, no, if that's all you ever talk about, then that is something you need to examine. Mm -hmm. Number five, you know you're serving emotional leftovers to your spouse. Hmm. I just never, you know, we've said this for a long time. I just, I don't ever want to be the person that I'm giving the best of myself to the people I work with or the people that I'm hanging out with or friends. I really want to give the best of myself here at my house. Well, that's what I want you to do, too. (laughs) You're very funny. (laughs) So emotional well, leftovers. Because leftovers get gross after a while. <laughs> well, and there was one couple I remember that talked about she was a stay-at-home mom. He, I can't remember what his job was, but he worked with a lot of people around him all mm. day long. And he might have been in sales. Anyway, he was kind of on the go all day long. And so they would never really talk until the evening. Mm-hmm. And she would ask him how his day was, and he would be all talked out. Because mm-hmm. he had shared, you know, that was all he had to give. Yeah, as he far had just as... kind of he was spent, mm-hmm. and she started to take it to mean that he really didn't care very much about her. When really all it was is he had just the leftovers is mm-hmm. what was coming home with him, mm-hmm. and so I remember him saying that he sort of had to rethink about how he was. For example, if something good happened to him during the day, mm-hmm. he wouldn't necessarily share it with four coworkers. First, he'd wait till he got home and share it with her, Hmm. you know, and just any way you can kind of rethink how to do that, you know, for you and Brett, I know when back when you were driving into work, which I guess you'll be starting hopefully soon Mm -hmm. on a um, regular basis. Yeah. yeah. Is, you know, you got quite a commute about an hour Mm -hmm. in the afternoons. And for you, it's good for you to call mm-hmm. and kind of do some of your phone calls mm-hmm. on the way home. It's a good use of time. Because then when you feel like you walk in the door, you you don't have that hanging over your head. Mm-hmm. And so you can kind of be more fully present. Right. So, so what it, throw those leftovers out. That's right. Number six, you use you find yourself using a lot of IOU language. Hmm. So that this is a reference to a John Mayer song that that I like. But so language that sounds like, you know, well, as soon as the kids get older, we'll go on that great trip together, you know, or as soon as work gets a little bit less stressful, then we'll have more date nights. You know, Mm -hmm. if you find yourself just always putting off and kicking the can down the road, you might need to really take a hard look at how committed or extended or busy you are. Yeah. Because that IOU language is really something to pay attention to. Yeah, that's good. And then this is kind of something interesting, but I I thought it was worth mentioning. You can't remember the last time you thought your spouse was attractive. No, wait, (laughs) I don't mean physically attractive. I mean, like in a behavioral sort of way, like attractive qualities and traits. Hmm. Okay. So I, 
sometimes we'll work with couples, Brett, and we'll be doing a tune-up with them. And for most couples, we try to always ask them about what was it that first attracted Mm -hmm. to each other? When you first got together, what was it about him or her that made you think, I want to share my life with this person? You know, what was it? Because we always want to bring people back to that core of why they fell in love in the first place. Yeah. The difficult part is when you ask a couple that question and they legitimately can't remember. Because they started to rewrite their history because they've been in so much turmoil or or indifference. Yeah. Or they just haven't visited those qualities and traits. Life has taken over. Yeah. Like if you're not noticing Mm -hmm. your spouse's good qualities and characteristics and showing appreciation and giving verbalization to those things, you forget about them. And then suddenly your person you're married to is just kind of this blob sitting on the couch with you, you know? Well, when we're done here, I'll tell you all those things. Oh, you will, will you? <laughs> anyway, so I thought that was People kind of are an going, interesting Ick. thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the last, when's the last time you thought your spouse was like, man, he is just great. Or she is just so funny. Or she just, you know, does things so well. Or, you know, he's such a hard worker. I mean, whatever it is, a million things right. it could be. But if you can't remember the last time you thought about those things, you need to take a look. Couldn't um, agree more. And then lastly, you either fight a lot, which doesn't necessarily, because some people are just high conflict couples. And they just... Get off, and they're just fighting. always gonna, yeah. you know, disagree. You know, that kind of that that kind of lights a fire, and they them. like to that's fight. Fine, yeah. But you either fight a lot, and that's not your norm, mm-hmm. or communication just kind of ceases, mm-hmm. and you find yourself just not even communicating at mm. all, right? Or maybe just about kids and logistics, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And that's when you you really do need to kind of look and go, wait a minute, where are we? And both of those can be lethal but i think you and i more typically get concerned with couples that just fall into the latter category where they're just not communicating at all mm-hmm. uh, yeah that they're two ships passing in the night yeah communication's just kind of broken down mm-hmm. you know so these are some things to consider well very good kel very good remember time very good. time is, is flowing like a river it is to the sea to the sea to the sea. <laughs> oh, you, you want to try that note again? You have perfect pitch. Oh, not today, not today. <laughs> How do you want to spend that time that's flowing like a river? Well, anything else you'd like to add to this, Brett? I will tell you when we're done with this recording. Okay. Well, if you'd like to contact us, you can find us at marriagetothemax.org. And if you're enjoying Marriage to the Max, help us keep it going by supporting home encouragement. Just go to homeencouragement.org and click the donate button. Any amount helps. Also, we would be thrilled if you would rate us and write a review on Apple Podcasts. In fact, I want to say a thank you to Verbal who gave us a great, excellent review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much, Verbal. We really appreciate it. This helps more people to find Marriage to the Max. Well, thank you all so much for listening today. And until next time, remember, healthy marriage, healthy world. God bless y'all.